Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Tom Page and Dustin Arbuckle of the band Haymakers joins me for this edition of Americana Music Profiles as we talk about their brand of Americana music, the origins of the band, and their new album, Live at Art Church. I am speaking today with Tom and Dustin from the Haymakers. Welcome, guys. Hey, good morning, Good morning. Thanks for taking the time out of your schedules to chat with us. Tell me a little bit about the origins of your band. How long have you guys been together? Well, Tom and I started playing together around 2005. Uh, and, uh, you know, had, really had known each other for a few years before that because we worked together on a couple of recording projects um, with, with my old band. And, um, you know, had an opportunity to put together a band to do kind of a country music gig uh, at a local festival we have here in Wichita uh, back in, in the summer of 2005. And, and we did that, and then that band only lasted about one gig, but Tom and I, hmm. you know, felt like we had some good chemistry and enjoyed playing together, so we started working as a duo around kind of the Wichita area mostly, but did a, did a small amount of touring with that lineup. Um and then uh, you know, did that till about 2011. Yeah, and then kind of had a point where Stiller, when Dustin was on the road with his other deal, and uh, you know, whenever he would be back in town, we crank up to do that. So you guys had and, uh, had uh, si- uh, multiple gig, multiple uh, configurations of of your music going on at the same time. It sounds like. Yes, and, and at that point, I had a thing called Tom Page Trio, and Dustin was in a band called Moreland and Arbuckle, mm-hmm, okay. and traveling a lot, and so yeah, and uh, oh, really, even today, we, we do that, um, it is, uh, I, I don't know how else to put it, but to keep the hustle up, in a, and when you're based in a place like Wichita, you you got to have irons in the fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it pretty spread out? Do you guys have to move around quite a bit to get to gigs? Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much we can do here in town. Uh-huh. We're about uh, 650,000 in the metropolis here. Okay. And so it's not really huge. And the state has about uh, 2.7 million people in it. Right. So really, you know, <clears throat> we, we're kind of used to going... Do whatever you got to go somewhere to get somewhere. Right. There's always going to be driving involved, so yeah, we're pretty we're pretty used to that. Yeah. And and so the haymakers came about uh, when you guys got back together. Then. Well, so yeah, after we've done the duo thing for a few years, we kind of hit the point where we felt like it was getting a little bit stale. We weren't growing with it as much as we wanted to, and we we hit a point where we wanted to try and do something different to it to give ourselves the ability to do some more things and, and explore some more musical territory and, um, you know, allow, you know, each of us to be able to play up some musical strengths that we have a little bit more. And so we called um, a couple of friends of ours, uh, a fellow named Mark Foley, who's a great upright bass player uh, here in town. He's the professor of bass at Wichita State, oh, cool. the uh, principal bassist of the Wichita Symphony. Um, and 
another thing for the auditor. He does. He is actually Doctor Norms Foley, uh, Doctor of Basology. Wow! Um, <laughs> what a title. And, That's uh, cool. <laughs> I think that's the title I give him. I think it's Doctor Base Performance or something. I forget exactly what it is, but I just say Doctor of Basology. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then um, our friend Ted Farha, who's been a long time, kind of local bluegrass scene guy on mandolin, and you know always a, a fun dude to have in any jam equation and uh that's how haymakers got started um yeah i feel like even we got to play some some trio shows with ted and yeah we did that it would work we got the chop on things first and then we're able to move into space and and then you know gradually made up songs that fit the unit and you know learned other material that fit the unit and stretched out and uh um you know you, slowly grew the thing. You guys have got some fairly traditional uh, bluegrass, if we'll say that, instruments, and then you, you throw this harmonica in the mix, and it really um, uh-huh. gives it a very cool, unique flavor. Was the sound... Uh, did, did you guys set out with a particular uh, s- sound or vibe in mind, or is this just what you guys brought to the table and what showed up? A little both, I'd say. I mean, obviously, Dustin is a very talented harmonica player, and, um, you know, that was obvious then as well. Um, And I I come from a a campfire uh, oral tradition um, sort of folk music background, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of um, cowboy music and that kind of business out here in the the plains, Um, and also a a flat-pick guitar background. Mm -hmm. So... Part of the secret of um, flat pick guitar is that um, you don't really hear it much with banjos. Mm-hmm. You don't really hear it much. Like if you think about your traditional bluegrass lineup, the guitar is basically mostly rhythm most of the time, mm-hmm. and maybe they get one feature a set or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had learned uh, from Doc Watson and Norman Blake and those those types of uh, players that basically, if you're going to focus or you're going to highlight your flat pick guitar, you can't competing with these other loud instruments mm-hmm. so that's partly how we figured out the the kind of the, the formula of um, mandolin uh, bass guitar and harmonica mm. gives everybody a lot of sonic room yeah yeah I think uh, we like a lot of different roots music or folk music or whatever you want to call it so I think we wanted a lineup that didn't necessarily tie us to being what you might think of as a, you know, a bluegrass band. We get labeled that a lot, but really, I mean, we just think of ourselves as a string band. We, there's, it, it's, it's folk music. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stripes of that in what we do. And so I think that's also part of the beauty of, of the lineup that we have is that it's, it's relatively flexible to, to be able to do a lot of different things um, and kind of fit into a lot of different genres in a way that I think sounds relatively authentic, but also is sort of our own vibe. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, another part of the growing up in the campfire culture, as it were, is that uh, um, I would never have called us a bluegrass band because the purists would have my career, <laughs> per se. Right. You know, then right. it's like, well, there's there's a strict uh, formula that was created by this fellow in the 1930s, and if you're not following that, then it's not bluegrass. Right, yeah. From the get, it would be better not to go down that road. Yeah. 
you know, let's just make it our sound. And, um, well, again, too, I, you know, I think the places we found ourselves jamming early on at parties and at friends' houses and stuff like that, I think it also lent itself to the slightly more, um, I don't know, I like to think we have a little more subdued but also warm sound. Mm-hmm. Well, if you would I hang, think that's a really good way to put it. Hang around the uh, the more newer iteration of the IBMA, you guys would would fit right into the fringe bluegrass definition. I mean, it's uh, obviously not traditional, uh-huh. but y- y- there's a there's it, a, it has moved along. Huh? It has. There's a new uh, uh, there's a new feel, if you want to call it that, of of execution of bluegrass music, or that falls under the term bluegrass music that you guys fit into that um, new expression well and I think the also um, is the fact that you know, Tom definitely came up in, in the culture of, of stuff that was probably a little more oriented toward you know the flat uh, like you said the flat pick guitar and the more kind of folky you know country bluegrassy sort of stuff although I mean he also played in a lot of rock bands and things like that but I, I came up as much as I, you know, I love bluegrass and country music and, you know, all these different folk music styles, and as time has gone on, I've definitely grown more into into those styles. And, and a lot of that has come through playing with Tom, and, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's that been great. But I came up through the blues scene. I, I oh, grew cool. up, okay. you know, playing that, and that's the, the scene that I've toured on the most in, in my life. Like, you know, we talked about my former band, Moreland and Arbuckle Beat. We uh, we toured very heavily in the kind of like blues and roots rock scene uh, for almost fifteen years, um, and so that's kind of the the deepest part of my musical background. And so I think that's that's a thing too. Is it would especially in our earlier days would have been somewhat fraudulent <laughs> of me to try to um, <laughs> you know fill myself as a as, as something more like a, as a bluegrass guy or, or a country guy as much as I a big part of the reason that I wanted to do this band was because I, I wanted to explore those forms mm-hmm. of music more. That's cool. but again that's just all played into the, the whole thing it's like it, it's it's just folk music it's it's just a variety of, of different stripes of American folk and roots music in this band right certainly too you know when we started when you're getting me onto the wavelength here that's some that um one of the things that brought us together was an interest in country blues and, mm-hmm. and yeah, the origins of what are considered modern music, right? And so, sure, if you go back in time, basically the only thing, in a lot of cases, separating bluegrass music or mountain music from what was considered to be blues music was basically race based. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. segregation is the only thing that would help you tell them apart. Mm-hmm. We're seeming like the... Mm, Try to think with the Harry Smith anthology, the famous um, uh, Library of Congress record, mm-hmm. American Exotica, was was reputedly put out to help dispel these notions because when you listen to the thing, you can't really tell who's who. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly yeah, a lot of folk performers, right? We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. Tell me a little bit about your original material. How do you guys get together on that? Who's who's your songwriter? How do those things evolve for you? We're trying to do it all together. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty collaborative effort, although I would say that especially with the original songs on this record, Tom has been the, the primary uh, the primary songwriter on, 
on most of most of the original songs on this this album, and, and really probably just more recently, most of the songs have been kind of flowing through through him, and then I sort of do what I do what I can to contribute, maybe some extra storyboarding, as we like to call it, or extra lyrical content. Mm-hmm. Um, but re- recently, definitely, the band Tom's been the primary songwriter. Yeah, um, I'd say I'm a little more specific on the list than some of the other guys in the band, but what Dustin's saying is pretty accurate. I mean, I guess I, I look at it as phases, and so, you know, if you have the song in its, um, in its kind of kernel or its inceptic phase, that's great, but it still needs to be developed for the band. And mm-hmm. often during that process, you know, you're, you're being given uh, arrangement ideas and production ideas and sometimes really song structure ideas, and those deserve some credit. And uh, sure, and, and I think both of us have also approached the whole musical business mostly as a collaborative effort. And so, you know, if you look at our stuff, we often have other names on it, and it's like, well, just, you know, I kind of look at it like the Lennon-McCartney sort of phenomenon, where it's like, well, hey, that was a good turn of phrase, or, you know, that we needed a chord for the bridge, and then mm-hmm. you came up with it, so there's your 10%. Right. Um, and, uh, oh, on this record, um, we also have uh, really heavily featured um, our friend Ryan Taylor uh, from Texas, and I'm not sure exactly how it worked out that way, but, you know, we recorded the thing live, and we picked out the strongest material and it turned out that three of his songs were the strongest you know, fit the category of strong material and so um, so we've got a, a nice representation of Ryan as well and so I guess to say we like writing songs and we certainly enjoy our own material on the other hand we're very open to stuff that fits the band and fits our feeling mm-hmm. and yeah and it, it, it helps that we have some friends who are great songwriters who've been willing to either directly or indirectly contribute songs to the cause of years. Ryan in particular is a uh, a guy I've been friends with for about 15 years now mm-hmm. or more and is a great songwriter who, you know, uh, has had, you know, movies and like, has had songs in like Academy Award oh, cool. nominated okay. movies and things like that, but has been sending me tunes for forever. We, you know, recorded, I've recorded several of his songs over the years in, in, multiple different projects that I'm in and so you know we're we're lucky to have that it's it's nice to you know even if you're not recording a song that's yours you're still giving people something new and you're you're putting a friend's material out there mm-hmm. into the world and and you know we have another tune on the record that was by another old friend that Tom used to play with mm-hmm. Steve Barnes um a song called Don't Wait that's uh you know, it wasn't necessarily given to us so much, but one that, you know, Steve we took and Tom had played together. And yeah, Steve and Tom had played together, and Steve just kind of stopped playing it and was happy to have us play it, too. So. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, and you know, something that as the band has developed, we've done a lot of what we call on-the-job training over the years. Right. And that song lent itself to that <laughs> and kind of evolved very well with the band, and I think that's part of how we've kind of gauged the strength of different you know, different directions in material that you could go mm-hmm. as well. I mean, if it's a thing where everybody's excited and every time we play it, it's, it's gaining in dimension, then great. And sometimes you just know right away that it's like, well, that's a beautiful song, but, you know, for somebody else. You, you mentioned a few right. minutes ago the, the new record, which is obviously one of the reasons we wanted to get together today. It's, it's Live at Art Church. I, I love the story about what you guys did to bring this about, going into this old church and 
and um, uh, capturing this live performance. Tell me about this record. Well, it's it's kind of an interesting thing because we we sort of discovered our church by accident. Um, oh, yeah, we had a rain out. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, we um, you know, we've got a pretty cool group of friends, you know, that we've come to work with over the years uh, in this area of Southwest Iowa, and uh, have developed kind of a, a a pretty loyal little fan base in that area. And we we had been booked a couple of summers ago to play. A, a summer concert series gig in Malvern, Iowa, and our church was the rain location, and uh, hmm. ended up having to move in there. Ended up having to move in there, and uh, boy, the room was just just magical. Mm-hmm. You know, it it, uh, it had a and it has an amazing vibe. That the owner of the building is a fellow named Zach Jones, who's a great visual artist, great painter, and he had uh, cover painted an album for us, by the way. Yeah, did yeah he did the cover of oh, the album. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's a neat did, picture. He, yeah, but inside the church, he's painted, and you can sort of see this on the back cover too. Then, like around the tops of the walls and across the entire ceiling, just this giant sky scene mural, um, which really contributes to the vibe of the of the room. But you know, it just and just gives it this almost sort of earthy psychedelic feel. Um, it harkens to me the old uh, folk coffee house. Mm, yeah, uh-huh. and that—that's really I got that right from the moment we walked in there, where it's like there were people bustling around, and, you know, breaking out the folding chairs and heating up a pot of coffee and saying, "Hey, this is fine. We're you know we're going to sing away the rain." And yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I really I, I I got that vibe right away, and it certainly was a turn on. So after we had our our kind of accidental show there. Um, we decided that we really wanted to try to come back and do a show there on purpose. Um, so, um, you know, mm-hmm. talked. And it talked took a while, but it did happen. It did. And uh, through the process of setting that up, we found out that there was this this other local, um, locally based recording engineer, a kind of intent herds who uh, had worked in Nashville and L.A. and had been a part of engineering some pretty big pop records and currently is, you know, Employed by the Steve Miller Band as their like live sound oh, cool. guy and yeah and recording engineer and uh, you know that found out that we could work with him to to do a live recording you know audio and video recording of the show and we were like well okay I mean let's if we know it's a beautiful sounding room mm-hmm. so yes yeah let's yeah let's take this opportunity and if we end up getting you know a couple a couple songs that we can put on supplement a, a later studio record with great or if we get enough to make an EP or a full record great right. and I think it'll shine too we are desperate for video you know, really needed we were video material <laughs> and so we're thinking you know this at the least we could fill that gap a little yeah sure wow. and so it all it all just came together we ended up um, you know we should probably come back to the lineup of the band a little bit because we talked earlier about Mark and Ted who, who we started the band yes. with but over the years, the lineup has evolved because of various availability issues. Obviously, we want to keep the band working. And so there were situations where, you know, Mark, because of his uh, obligations with the university and the studio or, and the, uh, the symphony, was not able to go on the road with us. And so we, we started doing a fair amount of gigs with a guy, another guy here in town named Caleb Drummond, who uh, is extremely good. Really, another fantastic. Player. Yeah, really talented, educated bass player. Um, 
it's been a wonderful gift for us to have uh, academic bass players who not only uh, you know satisfy the needs of the band but have educated us a great deal on music theory. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, and um, Ted also has a day job here in town running a construction company, and so he's not able to go on the road very much. As he was having to, you know, occasionally miss gigs for other other obligations, he suggested that we, we bring in our friend Dennis Harden to cover some gigs on mandolin, and that ended up working out great. And over the years, kind of the full lineup of the band, when we play here locally, became a five-piece with uh, Ted playing regular mandolin and Dennis playing octave mandolin, and then oh, Peter, cool. Mark, or Caleb on bass. Yeah. And then right, Tom. You know, we don't do a lot of double... We don't do a lot of double double bass shows, and maybe we yeah. can do that. We've only had a couple occasions where uh, where we get to do that. Um, but basically, the way we've looked at it is like we even describe it sometimes as a league of, uh, of players that basically, like Dustin was saying, we want to keep working, um, and uh, we're not in maybe perhaps the uh, deepest pool of musicians, but we've been lucky to uh, get with some of the right ones, and yeah. so. Uh, you know, basically, if there's a bass sub here and there, we've never had any complaints, and we just keep on, keep on putting it out there. That's awesome. And, and yeah. the album is and, out and, when? You know, as things. Have, the album came out May twenty first. Okay, so it's just out. So I guess last Friday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, last Friday. And so, yeah, it, I guess you know, coming back to that, like as things evolved, the band, if we started touring more over the last couple of years, kind of the main touring lineup became. Myself, Tom, Dennis, and Caleb, and that's the lineup that you have on yeah. the album. Yeah, that's right. cool. We often call it the traveling haymakers. <laughs> the traveling haymakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but really, depending on where you're at at any time, it could be a four or five piece okay. lineup. And it, I think most of the time, I think we do a pretty good job of keeping a consistent sound, even with that, just a little bit maybe bigger and grander when we have more guys. Yeah. Well, I I love what you did with it. It's uh it's really cool and the sound is really cool. Again, the album is live at Art Church. The band is Haymakers. If uh folks want to reach out and uh maybe try to figure out how they could catch you live or get a copy of the record, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, www.haymakers.com would be one I guess. Haymakers, sorry, it's Haymakers ICT dot com. So let me just say that again for you, Greg. So um com is our website and um, also we have the Facebook and Instagram uh, sites under the same name, Haymakers I C T. And uh, I C T is the airport code for Wichita. Uh, okay. All right. I was gonna ask you that. Cool. And it face- seems to confuse people a little bit. Yeah. And Facebook I, we thought we were really hip apparently. On that, yes. Uh, Facebook is also Haymakers ICT and um, Instagram, same same handle. Uh, yeah, I, I, we were, I think, emulating the rappers a little bit. We have Haymakers three one six and Haymakers ICT, and it turns out neither of those is really meaningful to people outside of Wichita. Go figure. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. This has been really cool. I've enjoyed talking to you, and I, I wish you great success with the record. I think uh, people will really enjoy listening to it when they get a hold of a copy of it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 